You're listening to the Disney One by One podcast, a chronological look at every Disney animated classic and beyond. Here's your host, Mike Rolfing. Hey, and welcome once again to Disney One by One. This week, we have Cinderella from 1950. And of course, you can check us out everywhere on the web at Disney1x1. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those things. And if you could give us a rating, a review on iTunes or wherever else you listen to this, it would be much appreciated. Today, as always on the show, my brother David Rolfing. David, welcome back to Disney One by One. Hello, Mike. Thanks for having me back. And this week was exciting. We're getting into one of the Disney classics, the classic era, at least. Indeed, finally, we're out of the muck of all these package films we've been going through. Excited to dive into Cinderella. And next week, we have Alice in Wonderland. And then I forget what comes after that. But they're the good ones, or at least the most popular ones. Peter Pan is after that. So anyway, joining us today... A first-time guest on the show, Lisa Grove. I almost called you Lisa Hoover because that's how I know you now. <laughs> I knew you for years. Lisa, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. So Lisa is the, the younger sister of one of my, my best friends since like fifth grade. So I've known Lisa since <laughs> I was like in fifth grade too. And I've known you since I was in second. So I mean, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, long time. Indeed. So Lisa, at least how I know you, I know you as, as, as a pretty big Disney fan as well. Oh, yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah. Why don't you tell us about sort of your Disney history and how it's how it's influenced your life in one way or another? Yeah, so I definitely grew up with growing up in the '90s. I mean, that right there um, tells you that um, you're probably going to be into Disney. Definitely, I mean, grew up with all the classics. It started with Dumbo. Dumbo. My parents got the TV because I was the newborn, and they plopped my brother in front of it, and it was Dumbo and Bambi. And I mean, those, it's odd how like weird childhood memories are formed around sounds and music cues and lines and how they're delivered and things. Uh, I have, I don't know. I've just, I grew up watching tons and tons of um, Disney all over the place and uh, doing Disney musicals yeah. You know, so Disney's... Yeah, I'm going to ask about those. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so obsessed you, with Disney I know you sure. did... Cinderella, but that's like the Rogers Hammerstein, so that's kind of different. Yeah, but no, I've done Cinderella the musical actually twice. Okay, but um, the musical actually Cinderella in just in general has a huge history with my family. It's like my mom's all-time favorite, probably besides The Sound of Music. Hmm. But she, we, I watched the Leslie Ann Warren 1965 TV Rogers and Hammerstein version probably a thousand times with her growing up because she's <laughs> obsessed with it. And then in the 90s, when the Brandy and Whitney Houston one yep. came out, I mean, it was like a whole thing all over again. We have both. We watch them often. And then I actually played the fairy godmother in the musical when I was like a junior or something in high school. Okay. Yeah. And Cinderella has this bit. And then obviously, you know, I was Cinderella for a while. At like at birthday parties. So I mean like Cinderella is like this big <laughs> Tell me about you had like a business at some point and you okay, where you were Yes. So being a musical theater major, I was doing anything in college I could that was performing. Um Disney was always huge on my heart. Disney princesses were like my thing forever. <laughs> Honestly, now I'm a, way burned out. But um yeah, I got hired for to be a um 
a event kind of coordinator hostess at an event, a children's birthday party company, which I did anything from like, they could host the parties in the store where I decorated the whole place and we did the whole theme, or I could go as a character, which I did everything from like Dora and Elmo, whatever. But the biggest thing that they had me do was go as dis- different uh, princesses being blonde haired, blue eyed. They were like, Oh, you're Cinderella for sure. And that was the most popular one. So I was sent as Cinderella a ton. And then they actually kind of um, reformatted their business structure. And I also, I just moved on from their company, but I actually had a costume myself. So I started my own business and went out and did my own thing as well. Okay. And went to tons of different birthday parties. I could sing, I sang that song way too much. <laughs> and I had the book memorized. I didn't need the words anymore because I read it so often. I was doing four party in a weekend. I was doing like four parties on a Saturday and like three or four on a Sunday. And I, I mean like, boom, boom, boom. I was spent my whole day in the cars and then I started offering other princesses. So I was like changing wigs. It was nuts. But Cinderella was the one that was most asked for. I did it the most. I mean, Chick-fil-A hired me for a princess night. I did a whole a Cinderella carriage came and I rode with the kids in the carriage for an entire night. I mean, it was nuts. So yeah, I went all over the place. I was hired for fun runs, like to be a Cinderella there. I So I, Cinderella and I have a tight past. <laughs> the perfect guest for this show. Yeah, I know. When you did, said that, I was like, yeah, I should probably be called in for Cinderella. Did you ever get like a cease and desist from Disney? Do you have any rights to be like portraying no, these characters? That is like, <laughs> that, when I was working for the other company, I was always like, how are we doing? Like we did like... So many characters. Every single time there was a new Disney princess, boom, we did it. Every time, I mean, SpongeBob, Barney, Elmo, Dora, all of them. I was like, how is this legal? But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not my problem, I guess. Until I, you started your own business, right? Right. When I did, I was like, I, I don't know how big this is going to get. And the thing is, Cinderella is actually not copyrighted. That's true. Disney is. Yeah. So I just wrote yeah. on the, I was like, well, if they get, if like the little mermaid, if I start using, I can just be like, oh, it's, it's the mermaid. Yeah. You know, I, I'm the mer. you know what I mean? Get real vague. And it's like, and I never actually had the Disney costumes. They were ones that looked like them. Mm. All right. And I'm, and I made a lot of them like took prom dresses and like, I'm a seamstress. So I can, I made it all happen. All right. I can buy that. Yeah. And you did make a small cameo as Cinderella in a short I film did. that I made. I forgot. <laughs> because this, of all this, you this knew that I was Cinderella. The, yeah, for the 48-hour film project. And the required prop that year was an, an umbrella. And <laughs> so we had all these things that rhyme with umbrella, including a brief appearance by Cinderella. Doing pirouettes on your driveway. Indeed. So that's yes. a whole other story. If yes. you really want to see it, you can look up Rhymer's Block on Google. Man. <laughs> I've seen that several times and I don't even remember you being in that. It must have been very brief. It was like when it got crazy and it was like thro- mozzarella was everywhere and yeah. Nutella and everything. And then all of a sudden C- Cinderella's spinning like for like okay. a second. And yeah. then it's when gone. he goes crazy at the end and yeah, yeah, you see her for a very split second. It's super subtle, but hey, it's in there. It's supposed to be a funny, like, just like everything was raining Ella's. Ella's. Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, Lisa, did you manage to figure out your top five favorite Disney movies from this big I list? I came in at six. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't pick any order either. Okay, Emperor's New Groove was like the first thing I thought of, for sure. Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Lion King, Tangled, and Peter Pan. Because Peter Pan was like, I remember Dumbo as a kid, and I remember Bambi, but they were almost too scary. But Peter Pan was like my childhood yeah you know and then the rest of the 90s ones so can you pick a favorites. favorite number one out of all those i categorize them probably of like disney princess favorite one and Di if okay emperors would be the one, new groove would probably be my favorite in general but if i had to choose a favorite princess one it probably i don't know between little mermaid and <laughs> beauty and the beast because it's for different reasons but anyway. All right. Well, we're going anyway. with Emperor's New Groove as your number one. Yeah, that's fine. That was the first one I listed anyway, so. That might, might be the first mention of Tangled on a top five list. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, this is so dumb maybe, but it, I really relate to Disney princesses. I think um, I've done so, I don't know, being on stage, singing, being in theater, something, watching, I was just like, oh, I get like, I get exactly that excitement and I get the songs and I, like, I get it. So watching Tangled especially that one, and we, I mean, I sing, uh, I've sang the song, I See the Light in People's Weddings, some of my friends' weddings. We did lanterns at, um, at our wedding. We released them. So it, like, has different meaning, I guess, yeah. because of that stuff. So that's why Tangled's on there. And you can, you talk to animals a lot? <laughs> at, all the time. I mean, I have, I, I have five, so, you know, oh, wow. <laughs> keeping it real over here, yeah. <laughs> not by choice necessarily, but common trait for the Disney princesses. Yeah, you really are a real, a real life, a real life Disney princess. It's true. It's true. I try. All right. And with that, we will dive into Cinderella. And now our feature presentation. Using all the magic at his command, Walt Disney brings you his wondrous all-cartoon feature, Cinderella. Sparkling with pure enchantment, filled with lasting enjoyment, and overflowing with unforgettable entertainment. So Cinderella came out in 1950. It kind of has, as most of these movies in this era, kind of has quite the history. You know, this was right after World War II, and as we've discussed in previous episodes, Disney was kind of had a bunch of box office bombs and they were just releasing all these short films kind of in packaged films um, they were in debt after the war and on the verge of bankruptcy and Walt was just like do you know what we need to go back to kind of the classic the classic Disney movie and make another feature and so they decided to adapt the story of Cinderella which I started reading the history of the story of Cinderella and it is extensive it's grim <laughs> it's like, literally it's, grim it is and it's ancient like yes. the, the, the tale of like you know this kind of enslaved girl, whatever, right. you know, it goes back forever. But the version they decided to adapt was by Charles Perrault called Cendrillion, Cendrillion, something oh, okay. like that. <laughs> and it's uh, like a t Italian, comes from Italy. Um, anyway, so Cinderella was originally developed as a short film by Disney in the 30s, but the story proved a little too complicated. And so it kind of was put on the back burner. They decided it should probably be a feature, but didn't have time for it at the time. By 1947, after the release of Fun and Fancy Free, which, Lisa, have you seen that one? Yep. That was, that's like, that's the one with the Jack and the Beanstalk and Bongo, correct? Am yes. I getting that straight? Okay. Yeah. Um, there's so many of these, I don't remember half of them. Um, <laughs> Disney 
was running a little low on money and but they were like all right we need to make a feature and like a snow white kind of feature unlike all these past ones we've been making so they started developing cinderella and alice in wonderland kind of in tandem and the teams working on these movies were sort of competing with each other to see who could develop their movie the fastest and Cinderella ended up being farther ahead, so it was fast-tracked to completion. Walt Disney himself didn't have a huge hand in this movie as he was working on the live-action Treasure Island as well, which is kind of interesting. It was eventually released on February 15th, 1950, and became the greatest critical and commercial hit for Disney since Snow White. So it was a huge relief for everyone. It made a lot of money and finally was able to pull the studio kind of out of its debt and out of that sort of World War II funk. Um, it received three Academy Award nominations, including Best uh, Original Song for Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. And what were the other nominations? Why don't I have those? Uh, I'm surprised that it's Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo yeah. out of all the songs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, sound, score, and original song for Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. So, um, it was eventually followed by two direct to video sequels, which I have not seen Cinderella 2, Dreams Come True, and Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. I don't I've know seen what Cinderella 2. What the heck those mm, are about? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then, and then we had recently had the 2015 live action version uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh. And then, of course, we have the Cinderella Castle at the Magic Kingdom, which is just like the quintessential Disney uh, like centerpiece, which is in front of every Disney movie that you know that you see now. That castle. It's also in Tokyo Disneyland. Is the Cinderella Castle? So, anyway, that's Cinderella. David. Do you have any fun facts to accompany this uh, soliloquy I just went on about the history of Cinderella? I do. I have a few this week. So first, you mentioned the original fairy tale, which according to Wikipedia was French, not Italian, and it was from 1697. So it might be one of the oldest stories a Disney movie is based on um, by Charles Perrault. Ah. One more is The Three Mice, Jock, Gus, and Bruno were all voiced by the same actor, Jimmy McDonald. Um, he's also voiced Mickey Mouse and Chip from Chip and Dale, as well as the Dormouse in Alice in Wonderland. So he's a big, big Disney voice guy, and he did all the mice in this movie. Nice. So Lisa, I know you've seen this movie a bunch, um, but rewatching it just for this show, like, is there anything you kind of notice differently? Or uh, like, when was the last time you'd actually seen this before today? You know, I don't know when the last time I actually sat down and watched it, even though I've done all the stuff I just described. I, I don't know when I actually, um, it's like burned into my memory. So <laughs> I, it's like, I don't know what is memory and what's like the last time I watched it. But anyway, there was one thing that I was like, oh, I didn't ever catch that before. And it's super random. It's after the stepsisters tear her dress to shreds and she runs into the garden and she's like crying on the bench. And um, the chorus is singing A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. Mm -hmm. And she actually, she's saying, she's saying things. She's like, no, not this time. Or it just doesn't, it's not possible. You know what I mean? She's like, and I realized, oh, she's hearing them. Mm. It's a conversation. Because they're telling her, hey, a dream is a wish your heart makes. And she's like, no, stop. <laughs> That's not true. All my dreams. It's not happening. You know, and I never picked up on that. That, that is actually, I just thought it was the soundtrack and she was crying. But I yeah. was like, oh, no, that's def I think that's definitely conversation. Yeah. Interesting observation. David, what's your Cinderella experience? Hmm. Uh, very minimal. Um, <laughs> most of the... 
the Disney princess movies weren't the ones I really watched as a young boy. Um, Shocker. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I had probably seen this before. I recognized a lot of it, but I didn't really, you know, know a lot of the details. I knew the main story, but not really scene by scene what happened. So, it was definitely a good watch and, you know, a solid story compared to a lot of the recent Disney movies we've been watching, but... I enjoyed it. I like the focus on the mouse hijinks and the cat and the animals was a little bit surprising to me how much time was spent on them <laughs> compared to like the story when I thought of Cinderella was the prince and her dancing and the shoe and everything, which only happens in a very small like portion second, yeah. <laughs> of the movie. So that was definitely surprising to me. But yeah, I enjoyed it. And it was probably the first time I'd seen it all the way through. Yeah. I don't know if I'd ever actually watch this all the way through. I'm sure I had, but, you know, I did watch the live action one relatively recently, the 2015 one, and enjoyed it. And obviously Cinderella is so like ingrained in Disney culture, as I mentioned, with like the castle and and the dream is a wish your heart makes song is like the Disney theme song. Well, that and When You Wish Upon a Star. I was going to say When You Wish Upon a Star are like the two songs. And obviously the story of Cinderella is just, you know, a a legend that everyone knows, but sitting down and actually watching this, like, I don't know if I'd ever seen it before. (laughs) So it was really interesting to watch it all the way through. And we'll dive into some more specifics in just a moment. But if you haven't seen this movie or you haven't seen it in a really long time, like me, or maybe I hadn't seen it at all. Here's a recap of Cinderella in 60 seconds. Cinderella tells the story of a kind young lady being forced to work as a maid by her stepmother and sisters who are jealous of her beauty. She's basically locked away in a tower in their home with only mice and birds as her friends. Meanwhile, the king is terribly frustrated that his son hasn't married, so he and the duke organize a grand ball in order to find a suitable wife for his son by inviting every woman in the kingdom. And see that every eligible maid is there. Cinderella is forbidden by her stepmother to attend the ball, but her fairy godmother steps in and magically transforms a pumpkin into a carriage and various animals into horses, coachmen, and footmen. She makes Cinderella a beautiful dress and gives her special glass slippers, but remember, it'll all be gone by midnight. On the stroke of twelve, the spell will be broken. At the ball, Cinderella dances with the prince and they quickly fall in love, but as the clock begins to strike twelve, she is off, accidentally leaving her slipper behind. Please come back! With only that slipper in hand, the king declares every woman must try on the slipper. Cinderella gets locked in the tower, but her animal friends save the day, freeing her. And of course, the slipper fits. Don't we all love a good Cinderella story? Okay, so Cinderella, we've talked about sort of our initial reactions, but let's dive into some some more specifics of this movie. David, as you mentioned, and I noticed this immediately, this is mainly like a cat and mouse movie, literally. Like, it seems like the majority of this movie is these obnoxious mice fighting against this obnoxious cat. What's funny is I actually wrote down the first note I wrote was Gus Gus and the like the mice are probably like the best thing about it. It's like it's hilarious. (laughs) Their language and their little their little voices. I don't know. I think it's hilarious. And their little. Did you hear all their little, they had all these funny words like zup, 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 yeah. like yeah. cat, cat. They sounded like, like Jawas in Star Wars. Yeah, they did. I'm trying to think of what are the, like UTD or what do the Jawas say? UTD. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just like, <laughs> it's just like this weird high pitched gibberish. It was very Jawa sounding to me. I thought the same thing. 
Anyway, a Gus Gus is like my favorite thing ever. I don't know. I just think they're so funny. And their language is hilarious. I did enjoy their, you know, unique language as well. I just thought it was like a little much spent on the cat chasing them around and everything. And it wasn't even just the beginning of the movie. Like they went back to that for the main climax scene as well. I was like, what? More of this. Right. There's three big, there's three big chunks. The first part where they're just trying to get out to get the corn. And then, <laughs> then the whole like Jacques or Jacques or whatever. And uh, Gus Gus are trying to get the beads in the sash. And then the end, which still stresses me out when they're trying to get that darn key all the way up those <laughs> stairs. And, and then the shoe, I mean the whole thing anyway, but yeah, there's three big chunks. That's a lot of the movie. Yeah, it, I got sick of it after, like, chunk number one. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Another thing I noticed was, you know, you hear about the evil stepmother, but I never realized to what extent that was really a very accurate description. <laughs> yeah. Like, possibly, you know, we've gone through, this is, what, our 12th movie now? 11th, 12th? Like, possibly the most evil villain so far. Yeah, I would say that. Well, the hag, you went through Snow White. Okay, yeah, we did. But like, yeah, she's like real. She's literally a wicked witch. She has (laughs) magical powers and she's horrible looking by the end. (laughs) But just like the the evil stepmother, like you think she's nice, but every time you think she's nice, she just like turns it around and becomes even more evil. I never saw any nice, but yeah, I'm with you. But she's like, but Cinderella, you can go to the ball if if, X, Y, and Z. If, yeah. But then she just like. Piles it on. Yes. It's, it gets, gets piled on more than, than, than what I can remember from these earlier movies for sure. She is very scary looking as well as her two daughters. And I can just imagine like the animators going through different versions of the ugly stepsisters and being like, how ugly should we make them? (laughs) I don't know. They're. They're ugly. They're not like the worst, you know, the ugliest girls they in the have world. Ugly personalities. Yeah, ugly and that makes girls. their it makes their expressions. They made it. They didn't make them like horribly ugly. They made them like older looking than they really are, and they made yeah. their features, um, like unwanted features. They made their feet too big instead of like when you look at how Cinderella's drawn, like perfectly. Right, like little teeny feet, you know what I mean? Yeah. And theirs were like big and over overdrawn. <laughs> Same with like, I want to say Anastasia, she's the one always in pink. She like, I noticed her like mouth lines and the way they did her nose and stuff. I'm like, she looks like she's 40, but she's <laughs> yeah. like probably 19. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I was like, they made a good, they did a good job of just making them have unattractive features with unattractive expressions and then way unattractive personalities as well indeed and the the cat's name is straight up lucifer so nothing subtle there (laughs) oh lucifer won't you ever learn cinderella yes stepmother the scenes i did enjoy the most though i think the animals got a little bit old but the scenes i enjoyed the most i think were with the king and his um (laughs) yeah butler guy i thought they were hilarious and I think those scenes are what I, you know, 
looked forward to when they cut to them. That whole balcony scene at the ball where the he the Duke's like pulling the king back up because he's like scrambling off the edge and then he like breaks his monocle and he's like about to like at the whole thing I thought that was hilarious yeah it was really fun and I did not remember any of that (laughs) Uh, well I I don't even know if I've seen this movie before but it's it's fun to see like the different characters and and I'm sure you know there was one animator that was like really good at slapstick and they're like hey one of you nine old men you get these characters have at it. it like do whatever you want you know, all these older movies all have numerous directors, and we've t- we've touched on this in past episodes, but I'd be cu- really curious to really dive into some of these and see, like, who was responsible for the different segments and the different characters, because often these movies have sort of mishmash different elements, but that makes them kind of fun and charming and different, so. Uh, soft lights, romantic music, all the trimming. <laughs> Speaking of the the king and the um, the duke, did you catch at the very when the duke finally goes in and tells the king that um, the girl got away, and then he like f- drops him off. I think they end up on the chandelier or something, <laughs> and then he falls through and the bed. Did you hear the cheesy uh, Goofy like as in Mickey Mouse and Goofy the like you know whenever Goofy falls, he does that ah or whatever he does. Uh, they yeah. actually did that. Did you hear that? No, I did not. No. You, oh, I thought for sure you guys would catch, <laughs> at least Mike, for sure. I was like, there's a, there's that cheesy, goofy nod nice. that they do. I'll have to go back and find that. It, it, for all we know, it could be the same guy doing the voice. Right. I feel <laughs> like they just took the sound clip and put it in any movie they could. Anytime <laughs> well, someone falls. One... The actor who voiced the mice, the one character I didn't mention on the list, he voiced Goofy as well. Well, so that's probably sense. him. All right, well, there you go. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if I missed something, but it seemed like the fairy godmother just kind of came out of nowhere. Did I miss something? She's just she like did. crying, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> just like, where, what, where, why, why? <laughs> well, I feel why, like why a fairy godmother. <laughs> Well, I feel like it's more like she knows her. It's like, well, are we supposed to know this person? Like, oh, if you know the story, you're expecting it. Yeah, I suppose. But if you if you're just watching it, you're like, have the have these people have they met before? You're just really chill that this person just like appeared under your face while you were like <laughs> having it like well, your face planted on a bench. <laughs> all of a sudden, you're like, oh, and now a person's stroking my head. No <laughs> big deal. <laughs> Yeah, it did seem like she knew her because she was like, oh, are you my fairy godmother? It wasn't like, are you a ghost? Are, like, I would who be are freaked you? out so. if that if a person just like materialized underneath my head. <laughs> it, out, it, you know what I mean? I, I'd be a yes. little freaked out, but she was very calm. It is, it is odd. Now, the, the magic words. Uh, and then, like, she does some great things to help Cinderella, but you think she could, like, alter the terms of the spell slightly to, like... No, but then the, <laughs> then there would be no conflict, and then then the story would just end at the ball, and it'd be, they'd be done. I suppose. But yeah, the, the, the bibbidi-bobbidi-boo scene is really fun. It you is know, so I, fun. I've definitely seen that, and then maybe just be because, I don't know, Lisa, I don't know if you had the, the sing-along VHS yes. tapes growing up, but... Yes. 
a lot of these scenes that I recognize from some of these older movies, I think, are just from that and not because I actually saw the movie. I'm sure this Bippity-Boppity-Boo sequence was on one of those sing-along songs, Bouncing Mickey Head VHS tapes, so... Yeah. So yeah, as is as is the 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 legend Cinderella gets the pumpkin turned into the coach and makes her way off to the ball and and uh, meets the prince and loses the glass slipper and it all ends up being happily ever after. I loved I loved as going back to the king and the, and the duke. Mm-hmm. The fact that he just really wants grandkids cracked me up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did not. I did not. Uh, remember that part at all and there's even like a little vision where there's like little babies bouncing yes, around or something that's like the, that yeah he has he's like the duke goes in to tell him that the girl got away and he's like prancing around his bed asleep but dreaming of his grandkids yeah that's a pretty funny any scene with them is funny so the whole reason why any of this is happening is because it's because the king just wants a grandkid which is pretty funny right one of the things that kind of differed from my expectations in the ballroom scene was they were kind of like off on their own and they're this private section dancing together. I thought that there would be like a big scene of them dancing in the main ballroom and like the stepsisters getting all jealous and stuff. But that was a lot different than what I thought happened. Right. You know, they were just like away from everybody else and privately falling in love, I guess. They do. They're out there for like half a second. And mm-hmm. there's like the there everybody's kind of like who is that and they're jealous but then you're right they do whisk away pretty quickly to that courtyard and then that's that. What else we got? I was uh, as much as the mice kind of annoyed me. I did appreciate all of the creative ways they were able to navigate the house. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought that too. Like the numerous different mouse holes and portals and and uh, hidden passageways were a lot of fun. They definitely had some fun with that. All the trim and molding of the house were like little peak. You know, they just like peek out and use it as a doorway. And a lot of it reminded me a lot of Snow White. Which is interesting because, as I was saying earlier, they were trying to recapture the magic of Snow White in order to get out of debt. <laughs> and right. so a lot of these animals and an- animals cleaning and animals helping with, you know, household chores, mm-hmm. very reminiscent of of that first of that first animated feature. And it obviously works. Do the, the animals in Snow White don't talk, though. They're more just like woodland friends. That's true. This is like she dresses them, and this is like a little town. Yeah, almost. it's, it's, it's like the lives next in her level. Room. It's the next level. <laughs> yeah. But still but still very reminiscent of, of Snow White, for sure. They also reused the... I know they have in a bunch of movies since Snow White, but the very beginning, the classic book storytelling with the different animation in the book turning into the movie animation. I think this is kind of like the format that they copy and paste for a lot of the movies upcoming, Have that having that book open up at the beginning. Yeah, and they did it in the previous movie too, with The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. They had the storybook oh, yeah. coming in and out. So Jaden just watched Robin Hood the other day, and it that's in like the 70s. And that one... Same thing? Yep. And is there a book in the Jungle Book? There's, there's got to be. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just reusing the same things. And they continue to do it. But we all love it. How do the Cinderella musicals differ from the story of this movie that you've been a part of? Um, I really want to say... Oh, okay. Okay. So in the Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, 
Well, the songs are all different, for one. Yeah, for one thing, the songs are all different. And I'm trying to think, the prince goes with her, or goes with the duke, at the end of the Brandy movie. And in the Leslie and Warren movie, they the prince, they meet... Oh, it, this happens in the Brandy movie, too. In the Brandy movie, they meet at a market first. And then she runs away in, like, a kerfuffle, and he gets back in his carriage. So, little things like that. Yeah, I have a lot of just random memories from the stage show because mm-hmm. it was my senior year of high school. That's the musical we did. Right. And Lisa, you were probably in the chorus or something. How old were you yep. then? Yep. Yeah. I was in, yeah, I was in, I was in all the ballroom sing, yeah. scenes and had some solos in like the Princess Giving a Ball song. Yeah. I, I occasionally get the impossible song stuck in my head. Impossible. Mm-hmm. That was my song. Da- the next, yeah. the next time I did it. <laughs> and four yeah. white mice can never be four white horses. The Whitney Houston version is my favorite. I'll have to check that out. I didn't realize that that, that the Brandy Whitney Houston version was the Rodgers and Hammerstein it is, version. It is. And Bernadette Peters is is uh, the stepmother. And it's like, it's a colorblind movie, as in it like is. all the characters are just portrayed by all sorts of different people yep. from different ethnic backgrounds. doesn't really matter. Right. Which, is which kind of when I was little, I was like... I I couldn't I wrap my head around it, but now I think it's awesome. Yeah, isn't you know, the prince you're... like Chinese or something? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I I vaguely remember that from what I don't know what they called it, but that was like the premiere of of like Saturday night movies on ABC yeah, in like the nineties. Yeah, 90s. ABC did like I loved those. It was uh, the Wonderful World of Disney is what they called it. Oh yes, you're right. It was like the late nineties, and that was like a big deal that there were going to be movies on Saturday night, and that was like right. their their premiere movie was Cinderella. Right. So. My grandma used to videotape. Uh, we didn't have cable and she would just for birthday presents, she would videotape and like painstakingly videotape different things, watch her TV guide and know, Oh, this movie's going to be on this TV show is going to be on and record <laughs> a whole VHS full of all these things and be like, yeah, I got you this movie. And I have, <laughs> And have all these, but I mean, they were the best. We still have tons of those VHSs. That's how I've seen half of like those old, old fun and fancy free and all those. Yeah. That's why we have them all because of her. <laughs> and and a whole bunch of like Play-Doh commercials or whatever. Yeah. Mixed in. yeah. And McDonald's <laughs> after these messages, we'll be right back. All those really old nineties commercials. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's start wrapping this thing up. Lisa, mm-hmm. one of the jobs of our guest is to figure out a rating system for the movie we're talking about. So, you know, we've done Out of Seven Dwarfs, Out of Three Caballeros. Like, what should our system be for rating this this movie, Cinderella? Putting you on oh, the spot. <laughs> four white mice. Four white mice? We could do that. I mean, there's two glass slippers. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of that, too. I was like, yeah, probably not a good one. Could just do five glass slippers. If she has five feet. (laughs) All right. Four white mice. How about five mice? Five. Yes. Five (laughs) mice. Sure. All right. So Lisa, out of five mice, how would you rate Cinderella? And give me sort of your, your, your closing thoughts. Mm, Okay. Being a classic and the songs, everything, I think they did a very good job. I do understand that there is a lot of, a lot of the cat and mouse thing but other than that, I really think that they did it justice. I'd give it, I'd give it almost five. But I mean, I have I'm kind of biased. Um, you can be biased. You can be biased. I'd say like a four and a half, All right. just to not give it a 
full thumbs up because of the whole animal thing. But <laughs> I, I do have one, my biggest question, and I've asked this before and talked about this with other people. My biggest question of the entire story, especially this movie, is at the end of the ballroom scene, they're being chased away and because it's midnight and the pumpkin turns back and the horse is and the mice turn back into what they were and her dress is all ripped up again. And then at the end of the movie, there's the glass slippers again. Why? Why, Why do they still, have the still go around? Because they turned her shoes into those. Mm-hmm. So how do they just... Mm, where's the... What? How's... That does not... Zero out of five. <laughs> Zero. I've always wondered about that every time. Any any time there's a Cinderella, I'm like, well, why didn't that disappear if, you know? It's a good question, but then the movie would really suck. So. Right. The best and worst moment of the entire movie is when they're like, here's the shoe, shatters. Yep. And they're like, well, I have the other one. You know, all because of the shoe. Indeed. So David, the Cinderella. Shoe that breaks all the rules. <laughs> yes. <laughs> David, out of five, what are we doing? Five mice? Mice. How would you um, How would you rate this movie? I would give this a solid 3.8 out of five mice. Okay. I really did like it. I, I liked more of the... The love story and the stuff of the stepsisters and the stepmom. I didn't like as much the Tom and Jerry hijinks. Yeah. <laughs> I did enjoy their their language. It was funny, but it got a little bit old. I wish they would have spent, I mean, similar fashion as Snow White, like no time spent on building their relationship with Prince Charming. They just fall <laughs> in love and get whisked away very quickly. And the, the ending to this movie is really abrupt. I, I mean, they could have spent... A, couple more minutes like showing them together or something it would have been a little more satisfying than the pretty abrupt ending so that's why i don't give it a perfect score um for those reasons but i enjoyed it and i'm i'm glad i've seen it now after knowing so much about it yeah and i mean it's it's a really short movie how long is it? it's like 75 minutes 70 minutes it's short. Uh, yeah and the the newer live action one is like twice that long and I really don't remember what they added other than probably more character development, which is probably a good thing. So, yeah. Um, and I remember enjoying the live action one. I don't remember it in detail. It's been a little while, but anyway, I'd probably give this one like a three. It was fine. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed it. Like I appreciated, the, I, I, you know, just hearing a dream is a wish your heart makes off the top, like gave me warm fuzzies, you know, just, yep. just as like a Disney fan. Man, hearing that song again. Dream. Is a wish your heart makes. And that, you know, the, the classic Disney choir, Cinderella, yes. whatever that song was at the beginning, was, was fun. And I don't know, I, I generally like the story. The mice were fun, but I thought there was too much of them. And yeah, I was just kind of, as I've said earlier, just really surprised at the percentage of this movie that was animals running around. So because of that, I can't like give it as high of a score as I thought I was going to as it's like this classic, classic movie, but I will still love going to Disney world and seeing the castle and hearing the music and, and that sort of thing. So it's a three. There's others that I've liked more, but that's just the way it's going to have to be. So sorry, Lisa. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm not offended. It's not my movie. <laughs> All right. So I think that just about wraps this up. 
uh, Lisa Grove, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's a lot well, of fun. Thanks for having me. It was very fun. Very happy to be here. And David, thank you again. Of course, we'll see you next time. You're welcome. See ya. And that next time is Alice in Wonderland. So we'll see you next week on Disney One by One. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Disney One by One podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, send us an email to Disney1x1 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Disney1x1 and at Disney1x1.com. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of the Disney One by One podcast. Okay, so talk about that. You hang on just a sec. The okay. Mallory just started the dishwasher behind me and I need to stop it because it's making too much noise. <laughs> just a sec. How are you, Lisa? <laughs> I'm good. I started thinking my brains I have uh, my son won yes, mm-hmm. won a hamster while we were out of town visiting my in laws. So he's <laughs> she's like running in her cage right now. And when he said that I was like, I wonder if they guys can hear that. Hopefully not. I mean, I can't hear it. As I have a hamster I mean, that's yeah. running her wheel because it's no. nighttime. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. that's fine.